Welcome back to another episode of Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning the Marvel Universe, uh, including films and TV shows. Our panel today is a usual crew. We've got Adam. Hey guys, what's going on? You can find me on Twitter at Adam Bardhart. And Rhiannon. Hey guys, you can find me on Twitter as Brooklyn Wallace, and my screen name is Shot of Patron. And I'm on Twitter at Caleb A. Borchers. Borchers is B-O-R-C-H-E-R-S. And uh, yeah, you can find me there. And we'd love to talk to you. I feel like we've had some, uh, we had some good Twitter talk last night uh, off of the Shield. Um, last episode of Shield, like somebody put something on Twitter for the Marvel News Desk and all of a sudden we were getting comments and some back and forth. And so we enjoy that kind of stuff. We like talking to the people that listen to our show. So... It makes it real that people actually listen. I think for podcasters like us, <laughs> it can feel like we do this every week and just send it out into the internet and we get we get you know statistics but they don't feel real sometimes, so it's nice to to see that you are real people listening to the show. I like that I did that like I put this something out like let's talk about Agents of Shield and then I didn't look at my phone for 2 hours. I was like, "Oh, I started a discussion and then ran away." So sorry guys. <laughs> I've got to figure out. So I used to before I killed my Twitter for Infinity War. Yeah. I would get too many notifications. I would get like, "Hey, two of your friends tweeted about this, so you should read it." "Hey, read me, read me." You know, like the really needy Twitter. And so when I reopened it, I cut off a bunch of that stuff and I said, "No, I don't want notifications." But now I don't get any. So like people tweet at me and like 4 <laughs> days later I'm like, "Oh, there we go. I should have looked at that." So I've got to find the balance somehow. All right, so let's get into the news. Uh, the very first piece of news is uh, a shocking, terrifying TV cancellation. <laughs> Inhumans has been officially canceled by ABC. Do I bring this up because I like to beat a dead horse or because I like to you know grovel around in my uh, misery? Partially, yes. You can see my lockjaw right behind me. But, uh, oh, by the way, if you want a lockjaw, Toys R Us is selling stuff at 30% off. And last time I was there, they had at least eight lockjaws just sitting there waiting nice. to be bought. So my biggest reason I bring this up, and I was interested in your guys' take, uh, I want to start a campaign. Uh, hashtag Inhumans deca- decanonize Inhumans. Okay? <laughs> I just think that we need to start a fan movement. At this point, let's just decanonize them. If it takes another decade to get a movie, that's fine with me. But I would rather remove these eight episodes from the existence of the MCU than to try to fix them, particularly now that we're only going to get one season. Have you guys thought at all about this idea of decanonizing something? And if that's a if that's something that should be done from time to time? Well, I mean, obviously we've thought about it within humans. And I think, um, I mean, they have to. They have to give them another chance and and forget that this ever happened. And I hope it's just that the movies gradually move so far away from the TV shows that they can show up in the movies and nobody cares. Was there, I can't even remember in humans, was there actually something that made it 100% canon the way it is? Um, I think there's enough, I want to say, I mean, it fit in with S.H.I.E.L.D. The canonization would all be in the way it interacts with S.H.I.E.L.D. And, you know, there's things like, clearly they use the same language and the same script you know like scribbling and like in- like engraving that Coulson does and you know there's a uh, the surfer guy talks about how the humans yeah, yeah. are all over so he knew that they were there but 
It's not enough connection that we couldn't fix it. And the better part, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has yet to say a single thing that acknowledges exists, so... Yeah. Right, that's so, more important. Yeah, I I don't want to rain on your parade, Caleb. But, I mean, if, when this Fox and Disney deal closes, I mean, aren't mutants pretty much in humans the way it is? And vice versa, you know? <laughs> They're not just mutants. They're, I don't know. What's the, what's the I guess, what's the difference because aren't they like both genetics or genetically based or yeah okay okay all right man you got me started okay (laughs) i'll try to keep it simple (laughs) to me the difference the difference is like in the core problem the core problem of mutants is mistreating people who aren't like you whereas in humans are about dealing with people who have a different culture than you that think differently than you and it might seem like a nuance thing, but I think X-Men does really well to talk about civil rights issues within a nation. Whereas in humans helps us talk about stories about like, how does the United States and the Chinese get along when they have different cultures and different cultural assumptions and come from different places. Right. So they're both about dealing with people who aren't like you, but it's a question of someone who shares your same culture, but something different, like the color of their skin or their sexual orientation that works really well with mutants. Whereas in humans is what about somebody who doesn't care about American values, right? Like how do you get along with somebody from a different nation that has different philosophical underpinnings to their society? And that that's where I think they're a very different property, but yeah, I can see that they're all genetically different. And so that's, that's the thing. Okay. Understood. I see where you're coming from. Yeah. I mean, the big, I admit it's going to have to take a decade because people are going to have to get this taste out of their mouth from this terrible show, you know, like, well, actually there's only what, you know, 800,000 people that ever watched it. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) (laughs) That much. Well, I don't know. And what we saw between Spider-Man Homecoming and Amazing Spider-Man 2 is it does not take that long for the culture to get past something and forget something and move on. You know, like you can reboot stuff fast. I think it's more, I just don't think Feige cares about the property. So, Yes. But, I mean, I, I also think that if they took it slow and, I mean, I think it still could be a good TV show rebooted if they did it in the right hands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to save this for later, but some of this is budget. We had an inhuman show that looked cheap. We've had an iron fish show with no dragon. And then I watched Legion this week and they, they shelled out enough money for like Stuart little dancing mouse. I mean, what I don't understand. Like that seems like that would be a very expensive thing to do. Did you guys watch Legion this week, or does that I'm sound really to random? Remember, I did watch it. There was the the version of David that had like the comb over that was like sitting at the desk sharpening his pencil. Yes. And there's and the music. Yes. And at one point, a mouse gets up on his desk and does like a little like song and dance routine while he watches. And I was like, FX has money for dancing mice, and we can't get enough money for a freaking dragon. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Or even just good hair. I mean, they should not touch in humans until Medusa can have her hair. 
the one the one bad thing about this cancellation is I was desperate to see what they were going to do when shaving it off was not the only answer. You know, yeah. like, could they actually do a full season with the hair? And we'll never know. It'll be a question we'll always ask ourselves late at night when we're going to sleep. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> right. No, no one will. All right, let's go on. Uh, this was really weird news. Kevin Feige... I, I don't know. Maybe this has been further developed today. Sometime yesterday, an interview surfaced with Kevin Feige talking to a reporter that seemed to be um, from a a Muslim, like it looked like almost like Al Jazeera. It said BBC at the top. It was kind of hard to tell, but he was being specifically asked if Miss Marvel, the Muslim superhero, would make it onto the big screen. And Feige had this great quote uh, yeah, well, we're, we're working on Captain Marvel, and so that opens the door. And then he says, that's definitely sort of something in the works. Now, some websites reported that as definitely in the works. Seems to me that definitely sort of is a very odd expression. You know, like, this could be a hashtag. Remember, it's all something. It's all something. Yeah. Hashtag definitely sort of. <laughs> you know, <laughs> are you going to do Miss Marvel? Definitely sort of. I don't know what that means, but everybody has taken it to mean that they're definitely doing it in the movies. Uh, There's been lots of speculation. What do you guys think of... First of all, do you think this is real? Some people think this video is dubbed over. It seems like it came to to light in an odd way. What do you guys think of the news and the idea of bringing in Miss Marvel uh, into into Carol Danvers' world? I think it would be exciting. I think, you know... It all comes down to what the sort of means. If they're going to change the character in order to have her, or if they're going to have a Muslim character, but it's not going to be Kamala, you know, the same situation. Um, it would all depend on the sort of. Yeah, it's kind of, it's it's like this, the Moon Knight and Man-Thing and Blade type stuff, you know, it's... Yeah, they want to do a movie or they're interested in doing a movie, but I would guess Feige's list is hundreds of characters deep, you know, that are definitely sort of type parts. That said, it would be interesting to see how they would handle the character. Would they give her her inhuman background still in a movie? You know, that type of stuff. So, um I mean, I think we speculated before that maybe it was Ridley's project that he was working on, but now Ridley's off doing some, I think he's doing a DC show or something, or a DC movie now. Oh, I thought he was given like, maybe even like an indie or like non-DC Marvel property or something. I don't know. He probably was, but I think he's do I, some DC movie. Um, but yeah, I don't. I think, I mean, it, it'd probably make a better movie than it would TV show. Um, but then again, it, it always comes back to what actually is in the works rather than what Kevin Feige thinks or what Kevin Feige has interest in, you know? Yeah, I mean, I would be interested. At this point, Lockjaw has become a pretty significant part of Miss Marvel's, like, story. He's a regular character in hers, so that would be, I think, kind of interesting to me. Um I guess here's what I think he could mean. I think we could get a post-credit scene in Captain Marvel 
of like Captain Marvel coming back to Earth and all the fanfare about it and all the news coverage. And they just cut to a little Pakistani American girl watching TV and then be done. Right. Like just one shot of her, like looking up all hopeful at the TV and being finished. And it'll feel, it'll just feel to people who don't know the character as like, Oh, she's inspiring like this generation of young girls. And it would just be a positive moment, you know, but for comic fans were like, Oh, you know, like freaking out about her on there. And I think you could probably introduce Miles Morales pretty close if you bring, you know, Miles in as a kid in, because I think that's the way you do this. I think you want to get Miles. I think you want to get Kamala, um, maybe an Amadeus Cho, Hulk, right? Like, I think you want to build those champion type characters together, particularly if a Nova movie's coming and it's going to be Sam, you know, like I could see where this is something they're going to move on pretty soon. Um, but I think that's how you build it. So, so yes, uh, John Ridley's working on the American way, those above and those below. Nope. Do you know what that is, Adam? No, it's idea. a comic apparently. Okay. <laughs> We're Marvel people, not indie people. So sorry guys. We don't know this stuff as well. Adam may, but I, I know definitely. Uh, we got a glimpse at who lived and who died off camera in uh, the aftermath of Infinity War. So obviously we go full spoilers for anything that's happened. If you haven't seen Infinity War, what are you doing? Listen to the podcast. But um, people die. We'll say it that way. And so here's a list of people who did and didn't die off screen, according to the Russo brothers. Uh, Howard the Duck survived. Uh, Jane Foster. This was weird. Anthony Russo said, uh, when we say spoiler, we mean potential spoiler. So there could be a spoiler about Jane Foster living or not, which seems to suggest maybe they'll bring her back. I don't know. That seems very odd. Um, let's see. Uh, actor Loki, played by Matt Davin, definitely died, according to Joe Russo. Uh, they had no problem killing off Betty Ross. She is dead as can be. At this point, she's at least one or two back in the love interest for Hulk. So, adios. Uh, Korg and Meek, they said, was definitely a spoiler. They couldn't talk about that. That doesn't surprise me. Uh, Shuri, they said spoiler, which I think is interesting to us because we yeah. all assumed she was definitely alive. So it seemed odd that they couldn't just say, yes, she was. Uh, Lady Sif is dead. According to them, she was one that was gone. <laughs> Uh, Ned, also known as Genki to most of the rest of us, he is, uh, they couldn't tell us because they said it'd be a spoiler, but Aunt May is safe. Uh, much rejoicing that she is still okay. Uh, Nakia apparently doesn't matter. When they were asked, they said, she's on missions deep undercover, so whatever. Uh, did any of these catch your guys' attentions about people who lived and didn't? Not really, no. Uh, so I mean, anyone that was in Infinity War, they still they called a spoiler, right? So I I don't know. I guess I don't know what to think. Why would they would they bring back Jane Foster? I mean, they had no problem saying Ross had died, but they said Jane Foster was a spoiler. I don't know. I don't. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I guess I don't know what to think about it. We'll get into this in the main topic. If they do time travel, they might 
need Natalie Portman back for time travel more than they need Betty Ross for time travel. Because I don't think we're going to time travel to a scene from The Incredible Hulk. True. They've been trying to encompass the 10 years of the MCU, but I don't think they're going to go that deep. I mean, I'm looking back through the list. So Korg and Meek, they actually, didn't Sean Gunn make a comment this past week that Korg and Meek did survive? Well, that they at least survived Thanos' attack on Asgardians. Implying, so that's been a big thing, too. I would get. I mean, him, those two, and Valkyrie are in some escape pod somewhere, right? Yeah. Well, and um, when I rewatched Infinity War this week, towards the end of the movie, um, Thor makes some sort of comment about killing half of Asgard. Okay, that's helpful because I didn't hear it. I was listening yeah. the second time and I never caught it, so it's helpful to hear. No, there was somewhere towards the end where he's talking about it, and he says they killed half of Asgard. So I'm thinking half of the people were able to get away on an escape pod of some sort. But then the question is, then did half of them poof away? Or... <laughs> yeah. Did, That's know. really terrible. Can you imagine, like, yay, we're safe. We escaped on the pod. Woof, 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 you all disappear. That's terrible. Yeah. All right. Uh, next piece of news. Um... Annette Benning has joined Captain Marvel as uh, Carol Danvers' mother, I believe. Uh, do you guys like the casting? Do you enjoy Annette Benning? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, me neither. Annette Benning is one of those... It's weird. <laughs> She's an actress. I know her name, and I know that it is a mark against my uh, cinemaphile profile you know that i can't remember her but i have no idea what she's been in i know she's a famous actress but i can't remember a thing so it's one of those things that'll be real prestigious for the over 50 crowd that's going to marvel movies but (laughs) (laughs) all right uh infinity war box office continues to rumble on um we've got uh this weekend it got about 200 million dollars in china i think just shy another 60 million here in uh north america it's up to 1.6 billion i think did it pass avengers at this point uh okay so it's the all-time number one mcu movie worldwide uh interesting thing is it is starting to lose ground on black panther so uh adam Adam asked this this week, and I think he's right. I think Black Panther may end up having a higher domestic box office than Infinity War, even though obviously the international is out of the water. Uh, what do you think that says? What, like, how do you kind of uh, react to the idea that Black Panther would make more money stateside, uh, but not overall? Is that surprising to you? I don't think it's surprising. There's so much about the racial relations that Americans are going to tell and listen to a story very differently than the rest of the world. Not that it's better or worse. It's just that, that well, but then again, Black Panther hits some markets that never get touched by some of the other films, but um, it's not the same. Like we, we had a lot of talk before Black Panther came out about what it's China, what kind of, you know, sales it would have in China, which always is the last big push on these movies um so it doesn't surprise me that like china didn't get so excited about black panther and show up 
like they are Avengers. And before we get any hate mail, it did really well internationally. And Black Panther yeah. did better than most Marvel movies internationally. Yeah. It's just the percentage over what other Marvel movies do was a much smaller percentage than the percentage over what most Marvel do movies do in the United States. So, And, I mean, like I was saying, a lot of that international... It was that they were hitting international markets that some of the Marvel movies don't normally hit. I don't remember what they were, but I remember there were some... Weren't there, like, African countries and such that don't normally make any sort of dent in the box office, but Black Panther was a huge hit there. So it was just a different demographic. Yeah, I also think Deadline and those people reported Africa a lot more on Black Panther than they tend to do Probably, yeah. on other movies. I mean, with Black Panther, I mean, Black Panther, I mean, it made more, yeah, it made more domestically than it did foreign, you know? That's yep. an anomaly, right? I mean, it made 20, 20 plus million, you know, more domestically than the rest of the world combined, which is insane. Yeah, the other way to look at it is percentage. Yeah, uh, I think Black Panther is sitting about 51% domestic on their overall take. The only Marvel movie that is more weighted towards the U.S. is Iron Man 1. That was like 54%. But Marvel, since, <laughs> since 10 years ago with Iron Man, every other Marvel movie has had a higher percentage come from international... Or, yeah, higher from non-U.S. than uh, than Black Panther, so it is definitely the most weighted towards the American market in a long time. So, do you think um, Black Panther's success is going to make Captain Marvel have a better box office as well? I mean, I don't want to get too deep. I mean, this is an interesting question. I think for Rhiannon, because I think some of it is how women perceive themselves versus maybe the way racial groups perceive themselves. Right, like. Um, is it as a big of a deal to women to see this and to see it multiple times as it was obviously to African-Americans? Like, are there enough female comic fans that have been so hungry for this that they can go out in droves and see it three times in a weekend like we saw phenomenally happen back in February? I mean, I don't anticipate that kind of reaction. I hope that they create something and they get people just as excited as Wonder Woman which you did have a lot of women like, you know, going out, getting excited about it, going to see it multiple times. I mean, but Wonder Woman is a known, you know, you don't even have to know comics and everything. And you know, Wonder Woman, you know, something about her. So Captain Marvel, I think is going to be a harder sell. They're going to have to do a whole lot to introduce this character and convince people to get in the theater initially if it is going to be a big you know box office smash i anticipate that it'll be a little bit more like black panther where like it opens good and then word of mouth gets a whole lot of people going to see it for the weeks afterwards where it grows a little bit after people see it but who knows marvel you know they seem to know what they're doing I think they'd be really smart to connect Infinity War and Avengers 4 and Captain Marvel closely. Like, if I'm them, I'm actually using some of that end credit scene 
from Infinity War in the trailers for Captain Marvel. Because, I mean, they do have, you talk about notoriety. I watched it, I went for a second time this week to watch Infinity War. When it was over, there was this uh, mom and her son behind me who are the cutest thing in the world. Like, before the the trailers, before, we, we saw the uh, Mission Impossible trailer. And he was like, isn't he too old to make movies? Her mom's like, Tom Cruise isn't that old. He's like, yeah, he is. Like, there was a debate about how old Tom Cruise was. But at the end of it, uh, that that Captain Marvel logo shows. And the mom goes, what was that? And the son goes, I don't know. And she goes, come on, you're supposed to know these things. And he's like, I don't know. I'm sorry, Bob. And so I turned around. It's like Captain Marvel. And it was like the Star-Lord scene. Um with Korath at the beginning of Guardians yeah. 1. I was like, Captain Marvel. Captain who? I was like, Captain Marvel. Captain America has a movie next year? No, no, no. Oh. Captain Marvel. It's a female character. It'll be their first female solo movie. And the mom goes, oh, I've never heard of that. And so, I mean, that's the hurdle that they've got to go, even with the Infinity War teaser, you know? And that's where, I mean, like, when you hear the name Black Panther, if you know absolutely nothing about the character, you could make a guess that the character is going to be not another white guy named Chris. And there's the weird double entendre with the Black Panther, like, um, group from the 70s, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's, you know, like you said, Captain Marvel, you know, Wonder Woman. You've never heard of her, but you know it's a woman. So Captain Marvel, they're, you know, yeah, they have that hurdle. It's almost like they need a subtitle. Captain Marvel, colon, she's a lady, you know? <laughs> well, and that's what I was about to ask. Do we have, like, the official title of Captain Marvel, of the official title of the movie? Or is it just Captain Marvel? I have assumed. I don't know. I mean, like I, the, I still don't know. Deadpool two is actually called Deadpool two. I keep waiting for them to call it something crazy. I've seen the second coming on billboards in New York. No, I I, I agree though. It'd be interesting if they added a subtitle or something. She is awesome. <laughs> it would be hard though not to do it in a weird way. Like even if it was like Captain America, the female Avenger, people would be like, "What? Really? That's the way we're gonna you know talk about this." Or when the actual title comes out for Avengers 4, it's like, you know, Avengers 4, that woman in our movie from January comes to save the day. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Marvel saves them and all. You should go see her movie. I do wonder, because it's coming out on International Women's Day, right? Like, I could see almost the trailer, you know, like, coming on International Women's Day. Yes. Captain Marvel, you know, like, try to hit that out of the park, so... All right, let's talk about, um, I don't know if this it's Netflix news, but it's Iron Fist news. So I don't know which of you will care more. <laughs> Episode, uh, season two of Iron Fist has wrapped before Daredevil season three has wrapped. Um, it seems like this has been quick. Does Is that worry you? Do you think it's fine? Do you think it's just coincidental? What do you think about the abbreviated record, uh, filming schedule for Iron Fist? I don't think it's that abbreviated. We've been talking about it a lot this week. I think it ended... Um, I mean, they started filming about a month after Daredevil. Um, and Daredevil's... I mean, if they didn't have their rap party this weekend, they're having it next weekend. Um, 
and Iron Fist kept filming through this week. What we saw is that they had their wrap party last weekend. And actually, um, I have visitors in town that saw Iron Fist filming out in Brooklyn Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday. So, you know, they always film. If, well, and, and Finn posted something about his actual last day of filming being Wednesday or Thursday. Um, so, I mean, they're not that far behind. And, I mean... If Daredevil doesn't have a higher budget than Iron Fist, I would be shocked. What are you doing? <laughs> In a higher budget? Yeah, one of the things you could do with a higher budget is take a little bit more time per episode. So if over a whole season Daredevil had another month of time to film, that doesn't surprise me. I don't think... I've seen somebody on the internet saying, oh, I think they, you know, Iron Fist probably only has 10 episodes or something like that. I don't think that's the case. I think... I think it's just a little bit more budget so that they can put more time into Daredevil. Yeah, the only weird thing was, um, do you remember the New York mayor's office had put out that press release like a year ago and they listed a number of episodes and that number didn't evenly fit into what we know? And so our assumption was that there was going to be a few Iron Fist episodes that are going to be record like done after July 1st. Do we- yeah, you're right. But That's the only weird part to me. And the New York fiscal year. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not saying you're wrong. It's just it's just the part that doesn't well, fit Well, but together. they've also started filming Punisher. Yeah. Like, that is definitely filming already. And I wouldn't be surprised if Jessica Jones starts filming really soon. Just as quickly as they made that announcement and how fast they seem to be moving on all this stuff. So... I I don't know if we can trust the numbers in that press release at this point, but... And we were always guessing on it anyway, right? We were always like, well, maybe it's a fiscal year. And, like, we were always doing, like, advanced calculus to try to figure out what it meant. Totally. I just hope it's good, man. <laughs> Those are my thoughts. I just hope it's good. I have faith in it. You know, they got... Uh... A new captain for the ship, so... Uh, I mean, yeah, let's give it a shot and see what happens. If there's less episodes... Uh, see, I don't know. If there's too few episodes, we end up with Defenders where everything's just smashed together. Then if we end up with 13 episodes, it's it's long and drawn on. So I'm not sure there's a, a magic number. But I don't know what the reason would be to reducing the episode number, I guess. I think we just assumed it's going to be 13 episodes, right? Yeah, I think so. We have gotten so, so little information on a lot of this yeah. stuff. We literally have not had any set photos of Daredevil throughout this whole filming. None. How does that happen? I, mean, I guess they're indoors a lot. They were indoors a lot through this winter, but I mean, but they weren't. I mean... They filmed in Midtown Manhattan this past week. So for those that don't follow me on Twitter or that didn't see it on Twitter, like I was standing at my bus or I was heading to the subway stop earlier this week and there were film, there were film uh, trailers there and there's this skinny polished guy smoking a cigarette and then put it out and walked into Eldon Henson's trailer door. So he uh, lost a lot of weight and looked really good. 
Oh, and then it was Elden? It was, yeah, it was Elden. Like, svelte. He was looking svelte, you guys. Um, and then as I was getting over the fact that that was him, like, Deborah Ann Wall walked right up and, like, into her trailer door. So, I guess Karen isn't dead. <laughs> I feel like svelte is the uh, the opposite of husky, right? If you have a kid that's overweight, you call him husky. <laughs> if you don't want to call somebody skinny, you call him svelte. Well, it's like real estate well, talk. It's a cozy house, <laughs> which means it's small. Have, I mean, like I wouldn't call him like skinny, skinny, but he was he was looking very nice, very trim. Uh, so I guess let's make that the last bit of news uh, connected to that is Jessica Jones. Uh, that hashtag show had uh, four or five character profiles for characters. Apparently, they're already writing it. They're already starting the casting process. Which again, these Netflix shows are going so fast compared to how they used to go. Um, the characters, I mean, Adam, maybe you can help us. I think they're having trouble because Jessica Jones, yeah. like the last time they did this, they guessed a bunch. And they actually, they got Carl Malice, Malice or Malice, whatever. They got him right. But that's because he was the only comic character. Everybody else was a new creation. And so I think the guys over there are like, we, we, they have a hard time guessing who these people are because they're not comic characters. But there was a suggestion that there might be some kind of like wrestling group. This is like a comic thing I don't know. Do you know what this is, Adam? A little bit. So they said that one of the casting calls or whatever was for the power broker, and he's kind of a wrestling club ringleader type guy. One of his hired hands or mercenaries or whatever you want to call him, one of his people is Demolition Man, which is like uh, he wears like the Daredevil suit but has like Wolverine's mask. If you've seen that at all, I don't know. He's just like, looks like a cheap Wolverine knockoff. So I'm not sure if they would involve that or I would guess not. But yeah, it's insane that they're moving this quick. I mean, casting breakdowns already. I mean, is Luke Cage season three already confirmed? They probably have the writer's room together and all that, you know. So I don't. Yeah. They're cranking this stuff out. And. In these casting breakdowns, they have some of them listed as a multi-year casting. So, like, they're already anticipating more seasons of Jessica Jones or that some... I mean, less likely that some of these characters will cross over into other shows. Yeah, it's... So, I mean, we asked this this week. I'll ask it to you guys on the pod real quickly. Is this pace devaluing these shows at all to you? Like, does it make you... I don't know. I feel like when these Netflix shows first came out, it was like movie level events. You know, it was like, wow, we're getting new Daredevil. And now it's like, oh, we just got one of these three months ago. You know, like they're cranking so quick. It seems to cheapen it a little bit. Does it feel that way to you guys at all? Or how do you feel about the the increased volume of the Netflix stuff? I definitely am not getting up at 3 a.m. to watch them anymore like regularly like yeah it's just a little less excitement yeah agreed i'll still watch it but as long as they're palatable you know if they're cranking out daredevil season 15 and iron fist season 9 and they're five episode things that don't even make sense you know yeah let's pass on that so as long as they're good you know i wasn't too big a fan of jessica jones season two um but i know i'm probably in the minority with that so i mean as long as it's good 
You know, because the second <laughs> the second they stop doing all these, we're gonna be like, man, I wish we had more Netflix shows. I'm I'm starting to wonder. It, I think it could do a really good thing though, is do an expectation reset instead of like, oh, this is the once or twice a year thing. It better be awesome. If we start getting three or four of these a year, and they're kind of constantly cranking, and it becomes more like Shield, where it's something that's plentiful and that we're used to, and then it's on a steady schedule. I think that it might lower expectations, but that may be good because one of them will knock it out of the park and we'll be like, whoa, this was really good. And I was kind of expecting it to be average. You know, like I think lowering the expectations might actually be helpful because I think part of the problem Netflix hit was Defenders had to be Emmy Award winning TV to meet what we really wanted it to be. You know, uh, if, if there's a bad episode on the Flareoverse, nobody is uh, nobody's complaining, right? It's like, yeah, we know this, you know, we're putting out enough TV. There's going to be bad stuff occasionally. Sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about Luke Cage. Keep it on the Netflix. Uh, the Luke Cage got a new trailer this week. Uh, I want to talk about that real quick. Um, we saw Bushmaster. I got that right, right? We had a conversation about all the different yes. Bush characters. Bushmaster um, is the bad guy. We got a little look at him for the first time and his, his Caribbean accent, a uh, little bit of action, all that kind of stuff. What would you guys think of the uh, Luke Cage trailer? I, I thought it looked interesting. I, I I mean, there again, nothing that just like got me excited, like, holy crap. But... um. So far, it looks good. Yeah, I thought it looked good. Um, I guess nothing that really stood out. You know, it seems like uh, Reggie Cathy's kind of taking a mentorship role, kind of. It seemed like he was almost taking over for Bobby Fish, but maybe I totally watched the trailer wrong. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he is since he's already passed away. During was that during? I don't think it was during filming, but it was shortly thereafter. But yeah, it uh, nothing really stood out, or or I shouldn't say no criticism stood out. I mean, they had fire right out of the gate. That was cool. One of the things I liked, um, I felt like I got subtle hints that they listened to certain criticisms, and so. Um, the one thing, uh, he walks into the room with those guys and they all pull up their guns and he's like, come on guys, you know, I can't be shot. And they're like, if you were us, you'd give it a try. And he's like, okay. You know, like, but like we, 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 we critique the first season, like after 10 episodes, don't people stop trying to shoot him? You know, like, and so I felt like that was kind of a wink to that. And then my big fuss was always why is no one ever trying to poison him or drown him or, you know, like do the things that would actually work. And it seems like, um, Bushmaster has some way of disorienting him or poisoning or like, like we didn't exactly see what, but there's something that like gets at Luke so that like he did that kind of weird effect in the mirror, right? Where his head was in two places. It seems like they're going to do something with that. Um, and we talked about how Diamondback was a crummy villain because his personality stunk. And Cottonmouth, I didn't, you know, I always felt like Cottonmouth had to die because he wasn't a physical threat to Luke. I thought that that was getting boring as I watched it because I was like, Cottonmouth will talk all day long, but he can't do anything. 
Luke will walk into his office with impunity because he's not capable of fighting him. And it looks like, to me, Bushmaster could be a little bit of both. It looks like he could have some of the... He probably won't be as good as Mahashala Ali, but, you know, I think he could have some of that um, villainous streak, but also have the physicality to take Luke on, which I think is good. And is he... uh, It had to just be the editing, right? He's not actually going to break the fourth wall, is he? His little comment at the end, that was just edited really weird that it almost looked like, is he talking to us, you know? Yeah, I think I thought he was talking like uh, like it was a turn of phrase. It wasn't like my show, like in my Netflix show, but like this is kind of my, you know, I run the show around here, you know, kind of like that. And it looks like we're going to get a lot more Claire, which I'm still team Jessica, but anyways, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's talk about TV shows. Um, so I caught up on Legion. Uh you know we have a we have trouble. Let me put. It, let me ask this. Um, I feel like season one of Legion was so refreshing because it was so non-linear with plot. Uh, we had another episode today, like the episode a couple weeks ago with him and um, Sid, where nothing happened. Um, it was all like character development and deepening. Is this show starting to suffer from not? moving enough or am i am i just having a short memory from what it was last year (laughs) so for me this episode it went nowhere like i kept waiting for them to have some point where it tied in to whatever's going on but i enjoyed it like it was it was completely fluff it from what we know right now had absolutely no they could have thrown it in at any point but I found it a nice, enjoyable, you know, like in the comics, when they get to the big comic event numbers or like, you know, the the 500th comic or something, when they do the one that just doesn't have any relation to the plot right now, but it's fun and it gives you like a little bit of another view of what's going on in that character or, you know, everything that's, or something that you never thought of or a little alternate universe. It felt like that. And it didn't bother me because I enjoyed it. I love that twist where Shadow King turned his sister into Lenny. Yes. And what I loved about it is I think it brought some menace back to Shadow King. He was almost becoming too friendly with David. Yes. And it gave David really a reason to hate him again. Um, I did enjoy, yet also did not enjoy, the return of like season one bald ghoul Shadow King. Right, like the horror Shadow King version. The reason I didn't enjoy it is all season long, I've been watching this show at like noon at home when my kids are downstairs so that I'm not watching it at night so it doesn't freak me out. And this weekend I was like, you know, I can't get to it till later. I'll watch it Saturday night after my wife goes to bed. And so here I am thinking I'm safe in season two and boom, the horror stuff is back. And I'm like, thanks a lot, Noah Hawley. I'm not getting to sleep now. That thing, I don't know. It bugs me. I'm, I'm a wimp when it comes to horror stuff. So his little ghoulish self over there, just, I don't enjoy. But anyways, that is really an aside no one cares about. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Adam, what'd you think about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this week? Good. Really good. 
I liked it. I didn't mind. I think Deke's man. Deke really got his chance to shine. Um, I liked it. We got the uh, the big Felinda moment that blew up Twitter. Um, because it was awesome. <laughs> I mean, it was all right. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I Papa Cassius is now. I don't know. I just thought that was kind of a weird. Um, tangent or what do you want to call it a story arc or uh subplot or something you know Uh, i think it'll depend if he comes back next week true so yeah i i didn't mind it if he comes back next week a lot of stuff's got to happen in one episode but yeah i i didn't mind it i like the uh i mean the effects are awesome with the the space stuff and the missiles and all that so um I wouldn't say it's my favorite episode of of this season, but it definitely felt like it moved forward. And that preview, holy cow, that was that preview for next week was something else. But um, I just I, th- they're doing a really good job of feeling like everybody's coming into their own. I mean, Daisy waking up and getting out of everything on her own and coming and saving the day while Felinda has their makeout session. Um, Deke, you know, we have no idea how long we'll get Deke if the show's renewed or if he'll survive next week or what's going on. Um, I think it's just, it's just really solid and good. I can't believe how anxious I am over this getting renewed. I mean, hopefully by the time people are listening, we'll know. Um, The ABC upfronts are Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern. So theoretically, we'll find out about this by then. Maybe. There's no way they go into upfronts without announcing if S.H.I.E.L.D.'s coming back. So I have a theory that will be probably wrong by the time this podcast releases. My theory is they're going to move it to the uh, Disney streaming service, but it's got to get cheaper to go to the Disney streaming service. So they're going to shed some cast members. And so they can't make the announcement yet because it will ruin the finale. Does that make sense? They're going to kill a few people in the finale so that they can get the, uh, the cast cost to come down and they can't be like, Hey, this is coming to Disney streaming starring and only name three or four of the characters. And people are like, Oh, what about the other four characters? They're like, um, watch Friday, you know, like, and that's the only reason that this is the only show we don't have announcement on again. That will be wrong by the time that this goes out, but yeah. Well, I mean, and they're following the Thanos plotline. So easily half of the cast could get poofed and that's why the cost goes down. That would be terrible. Imagine if, Imagine if this is the last season of the show and unlike Infinity War where it's like, well, Avengers 4 is coming next year to fix this. What if it has the same ending as Infinity War but then never comes back? You know, so like the last thing you see is Fitzsimmons poofing and then we're done. (laughs) Well, okay, so how about this? What if they announce that it'll be moving to the Disney thing but not for another year so they all get poofed or half of them get poofed, or all but my guess is all but the originals. 
So we keep Fitzsimmons, Daisy, Coulson, May, but like D, Kyo, Mac get poofed. And there's nothing for the whole other season. And then whatever happens in Avengers 4 lets us have another season of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. But that would still be rough. Like, see you in September of 2019. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I really enjoyed that we got... I think they're doing better and better jobs giving us these cool comic-y moments. Like when Quake realizes what's going on and she, like, breaks her own, like, little disc on her forehead. I thought that was awesome. Uh, I had a really good time. Uh, yeah, the Melinda kiss behind the shield. Like, it should be corny, but... It's great. And I feel like they finally paid off. Adam, remember we had talked about you didn't love how the line reading went when uh, he said that he loved her or she said she loved him. And and I thought that would shut you up. I feel like that was merely set up for the payoff here. If he kisses her and is like, I thought that would shut you up. I thought that was a brilliant like script callback. So, Um, yeah, I don't know. I had a lot. I had a lot of fun with it. I enjoyed it. And I'm excited to see where going. Uh, The other thing that struck me. Uh, did the Graviton scene just feel like it totally pulled from X-Men 2? I mean, maybe it's a while since you've seen X-Men 2, but there's a scene with Magneto when he's picking up Pyro at like a suburban house and the cops surround the house and then Magneto comes up and like lifts up their cop cars yeah. and smashes the guys like, are they just like blatantly ripping off this movie at this point? <laughs> Our main conversation. So we've gotten through TV shows, we've gotten through all this other stuff. Um, we've talked a lot about Infinity War. We probably could talk more, but we've saved very specifically the conversation about what's coming next with Avengers 4. So um, I have a new theory after watching this week, but I'll let you guys start us off. Um, We still don't know what the title to Avengers 4 is. We don't know exactly where it's going. Um, There has been a lot of little spoiler stuff that's gone out. I didn't put it in the news because, frankly, we don't know what's real and what's not real and what's just stupid rumors on, you know, 4chan or whatever. So, um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Where are we headed now that Infinity War is past us and we're looking to the future of this this franchise? I don't think... So, I don't think Avengers 4 is going to take place immediately after Infinity War. The, that's that's one of the theories that I've kind of liked most. There's going to be a time jump between the two movies, whether it be a year or two years. I've seen theories upwards of five years where people are just kind of living life, you know? Um, did that Gwyneth Paltrow? I did, yeah. For people who are concerned about spoilers for Avengers 4, this is a really, really small spoiler, so just if you want to skip the next 30 seconds go ahead Adam. so yeah i mean so that's what why why would she reveal that they have a kid you know so i mean that i think that's kind of what most people anticipated would happen especially after that whole bit in infinity war um then in set photos and stuff tony stark has shield logos on and and all sorts of stuff so i i would guess avengers 4 there's a time jump between the two, and I'm not sure if Tony starts S.H.I.E.L.D. to govern stuff again or uses it as a front to try and read or undo what Thanos did, I guess. I, I, 
What if he went all Norman Osborn on us and it's like Dark Reign except for Tony is the one who's in charge? Hmm. Okay. I, I, yeah, I mean, plot-wise, I have no idea what the heck they're going to do. You have all sorts of rumors and spoilers and, and there's time travel and there's no time travel. It's actually barf instead of time travel. Um, so plot-wise, I have no idea. I read something where... This guy apparently found out that Nebula fights herself uh, past the version. So plot-wise, I mean, I I have no idea, I suppose. I have plenty of stuff I want to happen. Um, but yeah, I guess those are my initial A4 thoughts. And I have no idea what it's going to be called. No idea whatsoever. I mean, there ha- I think they're... It has to be time travel backwards in some way. Um, I think we'll have more clear thoughts after Captain Marvel when we when we see what that brings to the universe. I'd be really interested if Ant Man and the Wasp shapes as well. You know, I think. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how how Ant Man and the Wasp ties in. You know. Yeah, but is it going to tie in at all or do you think I mean obviously there's some quantum realm stuff maybe the whole movie takes place before Infinity War because that'd be a bummer if at the end you know people start poofing in Ant-Man and the Wasp as well or they create a technology that doesn't obviously help but like that tech is going to help them in Infinity or Avengers 4 so like an anti-poofing device an anti-poofer they're gonna break into that legion like there was that closet of special devices where apparently you can like put somebody's dna into a gun and turn someone else's body into their body yeah apparently there's all sorts of little devices available at uh basket man's headquarters i do think i think captain marvel is going to tie in huge bigly to both infinity war well to avengers 4 I mean, just story-wise, I mean, so Fury's known all along that Carol Danvers is out there. Why has he never called her? You know, why, what makes this threat different than the Chitari? You know, I mean, as soon as the Chitari started attacking, they didn't know the results. You know, what makes this so much more dangerous than than something like that, that Fury would rush to call Carol Danvers in? Yep. Maybe he maybe he didn't know she was still out there. Maybe there'll be something where he thinks she's dead or thinks she's unavailable and she only recently made contact. So she wasn't an option during the Chitari attack. All right. So here's my thought after watching it a second time. You guys can tell me if this makes sense. Uh, so we're told by Strange that there's such a thing as alternate futures, Right. So he goes through 14 million alternate futures. But that leaves the assumption that they all have the same present, right? So there's 14 million alternate futures, but in all of those alternate futures, the MCU as we know it is part of their past. Still following me? So what if we never get back the people who die? What if the poof people never come back but they go on a multi-dimensional road trip 
to scoop up Black Panther and Scarlet Witch and Star-Lord from alternate futures. But they pick them up close enough to the poofing that they're effective, like they're effective replacements because they have the same history, right? Like if you pick up a Scarlet Witch from an alternate future just a couple of seconds after the snap, she's functionally no different than the Scarlet Witch that you lost. And maybe it's the snap disappeared different people in different futures, or maybe the snap was delayed in other futures or whatever. And so we never act. Those people are actually dead. That Spider-Man never returns. We're just going to replace him with a Spider-Man from an alternate future. Mm. And then the whole movie is dimension hopping. It's exactly like the Rick and Morty episode (laughs) where they replace... (laughs) Remember yeah. that where they like they replace themselves as the Rick and Mortys yeah. from another another era yeah. or whatever and like that was so dark and twisted but like it would be really interesting to me if they just like kidnapped Spider-Man, you know, from another dimension and just added him into our universe and that way the death stick. Like that movie is not undone. It is not it's not like, "Oh, we saved him. We put him back into existence." It's like, "No, he really died." But in another universe, he didn't, and we grabbed theirs, and now we're intergalactic kidnappers. That Avengers intergalactic kidnappers is sounding like a terrible title. I think these are good ideas in my head, and then I share them out loud, and they sound really stupid. I mean, the second they open up something like the multiverse, I have no faith we'll ever get the Defenders in a movie, you know? Um, I don't. I, I really like that idea, though. Do you think the uh, do you think people could handle a multiverse? Like, could they handle like, hey, this is an MCU movie, but it's it's multiverse universe six hundred and eighty six instead of sixteen sixteen or whatever? Like, could people deal with that or no? I think if they ever opened up the multiverse, I don't think they would even. I mean, I think there would still be the MCU proper. Um, but then you have stuff like Legion or the Netflix shows or Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know. I mean, it might be, it might not be in the main continuity, or it might be on Earth 2 or Earth 3 or something, you know. I don't I don't think they would expect us to keep track. I hope not. All right. Uh, there's something else I wanted to, to run by you guys. This week, um, Bob Iger was asked about uh, if they were still going to make Avengers movies which to me was an odd question. Of course they're going to make it. Like, I didn't know that was a question in anybody's mind, but apparently some people thought Avengers 4 could be the end. Um, and his response to that question was um, that, yes, they plan to make more Avengers movies. And he said, we meet on a regular basis with our Marvel team and we've plotted out Marvel movies that will take us well into the next decade, Iger said. Adding, I'm guessing that we will try our hand at what I'll call a new franchise beyond Avengers. Um, any guesses what Bob Iger means about a new franchise beyond Avengers? I've always assumed that Avengers 4 was the last one. Oh, really? Yeah. I've kind of thought that this was going to... Yeah, they've said a lot of stuff about after this, it's going to be something completely different. It's going to be, you know, they haven't said the Avengers are all going to die. You're not going to, you know, but they've they've said a lot to make it think that it's the end of an era. And I've always interpreted that as end of at least adventure, Avengers as we know it. And 
yeah, if that means that they're going on to Novacor or if they're going on to, you know, there's been a lot of talk about them going cosmic and and doing stuff like that. So I don't know what it's going to be, but it doesn't surprise me. How are we, I mean, how do we define franchise? Because, I mean, technically one, like, the, the Black Panther trilogy be its own franchise? Are, are we talking about just, like, a new character? Or, like, a, is the Avengers group in the Avengers spinoff movies, Iron Man, Thor, Hulk, and uh, Captain America? You know, is is that all one franchise? I guess, uh, of course they're going to have new characters and new solo movies and all that stuff. Um, but did he mean they're going to do, like, the Ultimates? Or did he mean they're going to do some other big group? I don't know what another big enough group would be. I mean, it's really the Avengers. So I don't know. Yeah, because I'd always assumed there'd be an Avengers 5, and it would just be Black Panther, Doctor Strange, Ant-Man, Falcon, um, Spider-Man, Doc, uh, you know, like, it would just be a different crew of people. But the way I read this quote anyways, is they're like, hey, we're going to do Avengers movies. He's like, well, we have something else we're cooking on. Um, it makes me wonder more about Champions comes to mind, right? Like if they go for a, a different younger team up. Um, so that was something that started going through my mind. I was also wondering if A-Force is the thing that's kicking around in his mind. Like, I don't know if we talked about this, but that scene with Scarlet Witch... And Okoye and Black Widow fighting all back to back. To me, I took that as the director saying, we've heard you. You want an all-female team movie. It's coming. We're working on it. And it was almost like they were laying the groundwork for one of those to happen. Did it feel that way to you as you watched that that movie? I don't think so. Uh, I mean, I didn't feel that way, at least. I just thought it was a pretty, pretty kick-ass scene. But... I guess I didn't think too much about it, especially after who one of the actresses came out and said that all that talk was overhyped. I can't remember who. Maybe Elizabeth Olsen. Um, so yeah, I guess I didn't get it from that scene, but I see where you're coming from. All right, let me ask one more question. We'll wrap this up. Um, we seem to think Avengers four, I think, is going to undo some of what happened at the end of Infinity War, I would think. Um, are you worried at all about Infinity War getting sort of cheapened for the stakes being lowered if they bring back all these characters that got poofed? Or is that not something you're worried about? Well, I mean, if we the purpose of Infinity War was to prevent the snapping of the fingers, but it was also to defeat Thanos. And Thanos is still alive, sort of, if he's in the Soul Stone or whatever, you know. But in theory, Thanos is still alive. So I think there are still stakes that were set in that first movie that if they brought the people back but still managed to defeat Thanos and completely take him out of the game, that would, you know, make people feel better, but not cheapen what happened in the first movie. Does that make sense? I think if they bring back the pre-snap deaths, that would cheapen the movie for me. Yes. Um, 
it, but I, I mean, we know there's going to be Spider-Man movies for quite some time. We know Black Panther 2 is coming. We kind of sort of know or think that there'd be a Doctor Strange 2, even though they're very quiet about that. So uh, it won't cheapen me because the post-snap people will be back, whether it's via the multiverse like you theorized or if they reduce or undo the snap or whatever. So I guess the only way it would cheapen it for me is if they brought Loki back for, what, a fourth time? You know, or Heimdall, you know, they gave Thor the power of the Bifrost now, so we don't really need Heimdall, you know. Um, as much as I want to see Gamora, you know, that's probably the most important one to kind of keep dead. Because um, there's a lot of people online that think she'll be back for Guardians 3, but I don't think they need her for that, you know. Um... So we'll see. I think, yeah, if they bring back the pre-snap deaths, that would cheapen it for me. Yeah. I think you also, Adam, were maybe the least affected by those of us because you knew they were coming back. Right? Like, you said, like, when Black Panther went, you were like, oh, okay, that's what we're doing. And so it would be hard to cheapen it because you're already in your head like... This doesn't matter. They're coming back. There's no way they're killing a Black Panther yeah. franchise. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's just kind of like the the how the scene was laid out. You know, like they, I think Black Panther was the first. Bucky was the first one to go, and then Black Panther. And I'm like, well, that's not right. You know, so maybe if they put like Scarlet Witch and Falcon and and Bucky, you know, first. I mean, I still felt feelings during the Spider-Man scene. You know, and then. And then when James Gunn dropped what Groot's final word was, I'm like, oh, no. But. Yeah. Oh, what was it? What was it? Oh, he said dad to Rocket. Oh. I'm not sure if that's actually canon or not, but Gunn tweeted it. No, Gunn said it was in the script. So I forget this. Um, All the I am Groot's in the official scripts have in parentheses what they mean. Really? Because they actually want the actors to respond to the idea if they know Groot. Wow. And so, yeah, there's there's official meanings to all the I am Groots, I believe. So it is canon. Look at that. So, yeah, after I read that on Twitter, I'm like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> Groot is just the way James Gunn punches the world in the stomach. <laughs> exactly. You know, like over and over and over again. Yep. Um... Did you guys have anything else you want to talk? I mean, Infinity War, we're kind of officially wrapping. We'll talk Deadpool 2 next week, I think. So, uh, do you guys have any other Infinity War thoughts on your rewatches? Where do you... When are, are we going to do... Are we? Get, we'll probably wait for Ant-Man to do a ranking, I would guess. Where, just... First number that comes to mind, where would you rank it? Uh, the first time I watched it, it was going to be three or four. After a second watch, it it might be one for me. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, see, it might be three or four for me. Because on my second watch, I almost fell asleep during the Soulstone adventure. <laughs> like when, when he killed his daughter. daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I was very tired. And the theater had nice recliners. And um, and I don't remember almost you know fighting to stay awake during any rewatches of black panther or ragnarok so 
of course that could just be total you know much more tired when i went to see rag uh you know infinity war but i do take back i think during the uh our first infinity war podcast i said infinity war wasn't rewatchable and i would like to take that back because i've found it incredibly rewatchable since then it's just so much stuff going on i found i enjoyed it more when the emotion of the ending didn't hang over it so much because like so much of myself was in how's this going to end how's this going to end how's it going to set up avengers 4 now that i know that and i can put it aside uh, i was saying to my wife everything up to the snap if you ended the movie before the snap like if thor had succeeded in killing thanos it'd be an awesome movie that would be great. You know, like it was fine yeah. with that. And then the ending just throws it to a completely different place, you know? And so I thought that was good. I did re-end and think of, uh, you were the first one I heard say, uh, if he had could kill half the universe, why doesn't he just double the size of the universe? Yeah, I, I can't remember who, somebody else originally had that idea. But I shared it. So I have a response. And I haven't heard this from anybody else, but this is my thought. Um, population growth, at least on the Earth, is exponential, right? It took us millions of years to get to a billion people. And then we got much quicker to two billion and even quicker to three and quicker to four and quicker to five and quick, right? Like the population growth just almost goes straight up at some point. So my thing is, if you double the size of the universe, population growth being exponential would soon tax that double-sized Earth much faster than if you kill half the universe and make them grow back up because of the exponential growth curve. So it's just how long you kick the can down the street. Does that make sense? I mean, and theoretically, Thanos is still alive. He still has all the stones. He can come back and snap every time. That's true. Yeah, but I mean, he'll die at some point. So I think it's how long he gives the universe to correct... But also, if you make the world, um, so the end of that movie reminded me of like a bad Christian rapture movie. Have you guys ever seen like Left Behind with Kirk Cameron? I'm sure this is something that I have seen that no one else is bothered with. I have not seen it, but I know the concept of revelations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The idea of the rapture is the idea that like people disappear and go to heaven, right? Yeah. But the thing is, it creates chaos. Because like we see in the movie, half the world's airplane pilots die and so there's planes dropping out of the sky there's ambulances that don't have doctors anymore there's surgeons who are mid-surgery getting poofed and the guy on the table is you know like horrifying things like there's kids with their dad camping and then dad disappears and they're eaten by bears right like this disappearing half the people in the universe I mean, it's, it's terrible. Like, you think about, like, a baby at home with a single mom and mom gets poofed by Thanos' fingers. That baby starves to death, right? Like, the, the response of killing half the universe isn't just half. It's also all sorts of, like, collateral damage that happens after the half. But it also disables your medical community. It disables your infrastructure. It disables your technology. Half of the cancer doctors in the world who are working on a cure disappear and their research goes with them. Right? So, like, you're not just cutting half the population. You're also, like, cutting out the knees of all kinds of things that help keep people alive. So you're really stretching out how long it'll be before the world gets back to that point. 
And so that's why I think it's more effective than doubling the world. It's terrible, <laughs> you know, yeah, but yeah. I think that's why you and kill half too. instead of doubling. Yeah. In Stephen King's The Stand, because it's one where there's disease and it kills like 99.6% of the population. And then there's like a little bit where he goes there and he's like, and of those that survived, you know, this one fell down and hit her head. This one, you know, just right. Yeah. Like all the things that just surviving does. Yeah. So that's a good point. Anyways, I was working that out in my brain this morning (laughs) and just had to share it to make it worth the time. I did it. All right. uh, I'll go real quick through our mailbag. Uh, if you want to reach the show, we'll tell you how to do that in just a minute. Uh, Alvin on Twitter had said that he liked Infinity War. His complaints were that there was no Cap and Tony scene, which I think is coming. Uh, there was no Star-Lord on Earth, which I don't know if we are going to get. And he did not love Thor's new eye. Um, did the eye thing... I, I just thought, is the eye thing weird to you? No. We're taking away the eye. We're giving back the eye. It just seems like it's a weird thing to do back and forth like that, but... To me, it was kind of payoff for Groot's, Groot's collection hobby. Like, oh, Rocket's body collection? I mean, collection. Rocket's. Sorry, Rocket's. It was just like a payoff for Rocket collecting all those body parts for all that time. Like, finally, it had a payoff. You did bring up Star-Lord. Um, and there's a meme going around. Apparently, Star-Lord forgot what Earth is. I mean, if he was taken at yes. eight years of age, he would know what Earth was, right? Yeah, there. Yeah, there's that meme going around that he didn't know. He knew Earth as Terra. And he's like, no, I'm not from Earth. I'm from Missouri. And it just seems kind of weird that he was taken. I can't remember. What is eight years old? First, second grade? Third grade? Third. Yeah, eight. Yeah, very correct. Eight. Most kids turn eight during second grade. So they know so. what Earth is, right? Yes, I believe my daughter. <laughs> I can go ask. That would be interesting. But yeah, I'm hoping my yeah, daughter knows what Earth is. I just is. thought that was very unique that he apparently forgot what that was between eight and 30 something, you know? Yeah, that was that was kind of bizarre. Um, uh, Dave on the website uh, was lamenting that... Th- uh, that he killed all the dwarves and not just half the dwarves. I feel like the half rule is not a strong rule, right? Like Thor can kill as many folks as he wants to, whenever he wants to. So Thanos can. I mean, Thor could too, uh, but yeah. Did can. I say Thor? <laughs> it's okay. Um, so Chris left us lots of good stuff on SoundCloud. Um, uh, he said he did feel like this movie felt different. Oh, we were talking last week about the. Uh, he, like that they did the whole like mass of aliens attack again and he was just saying that it feels a, li- a little bit different and he thought a big difference was that they had those um they had the boss level characters like they had the black order as sort of an additional threat on top of the army of robots slash aliens and i think that's true i think that was helpful uh on that um all right. Uh, oh, he also mentioned Adam that he doesn't say Clint; he says Control at the end of that scene. That's what he thought. So, we're we're, we're trying to figure out who Fury's calling it Control, right? Yes. All right. Uh, I think that's all the mailbag I've collected for now. My apologies if I've missed something along the way. Uh, next week is Deadpool week, so it will be a, a change of focus for us. I think that's good i think we have done infinity war to death but uh it's been fun 
Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can interact with us a lot of ways. You can send us messages on Twitter via at Marvel News Desk. You can also communicate with us via SoundCloud or the MarvelNewsDesk.com posts that we put up. If you want to support the show, give us a dollar a month over at Patreon.com slash MarvelNewsDesk. You also uh, get access to our special film ranking episode there, which is available only to Patreon supporters. It also gives you access to some of our videos early, like the Road to Infinity War Supercut. Uh, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash marvelnewsdesk or support us on YouTube. You can do that by subscribing at watch.marvelnewsdesk.com. You can also help the show be more visible if you give us a five-star review on iTunes. But the number one thing you do every week, which we really appreciate, is that you uh, listen to the show and you tell your friends about it. Thank you to Tim Cox for our logo. You can find him on Instagram at Tim V. Cox and to Alvin for our wonderful theme music. He is on a variety of social media platforms at the Skull School. I think that does it for this week and we appreciate you guys listening and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.